Welcome everybody to the special edition of the full count second half of the MLB season preview. I'm your host, IBS Eases. With me is my co-host, Brian Malone. We're going to be consistent in the second half, I promise. The first half was was a bit rough for me and uh, my family and pretty much everybody else. But we are back and we've got plenty of baseball to talk about today. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. What's going on? Not much, man. Um, just looking at today's scores, because I, I had all this stuff written down that I was going to talk about. But I can't help but wonder, did they keep the the balls from the home run derby and, and give them out by accident? These scores are insane today. We got 14 nothing Tigers over Rangers, 13-4 Red Sox over Blue Jays. And I think that was a mercy rule in the Nationals game, 18-1. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, dude, it was 10 nothing in the second inning. And, and I know um, before we get going, I just want to give a shout out to Juan Soto, Max Scherzer, and pretty much everybody else that has proven that the home run derby does not affect your fucking swing like everybody thinks. I can't stand that. I can't stand that people really think that you can undo a million reps with a thousand swings like this just doesn't work that way and and Juan Soto did the home run derby because Scherzer asked him basically to try it and said you know it'll probably help you uh see the ball better and, and hit for power more and I do believe that the guy's got five home runs in his last four games and he just hit a three-run homer uh yeah. today so I mean it's it's in the data I, I didn't think that uh Vlad had much of a drop-off after he did the derby, but apparently he bought into it and didn't do it this year. But Pete Alonzo's still hitting the ball like he'd been hitting the ball. Um, I, I just wish that people would stop trying to act like um, that it's really so detrimental. No, I I agree. It's it's I mean, it's just a silly notion that the guys, like you said, that they do – all this work all year long, all off season and everything like that. And it can be undone by one couple days, you know, swinging at slower pitches. Like it's just a silly notion. Yeah. So um, we could talk about the speculation in the, in the trade market, but honestly the, the Cubs are holding everybody hostage. So I'm not even trying to give them the time of day. Uh, let's, let's quickly recap your thoughts on, First the home run derby and then the all star game. Was was there anything that stood out to you? Uh I mean honestly, man, I thought it all was good. Like I like I really the young stars stood out is really what it was. Like like this this whole weekend, like from the home run derby with Juan Soto and Shohei Otani and Pete Alonzo and you know what I mean? They just the young stars were showing out. And then Vlad Guerrero wins the MVP in the All Star game, hits a home run. Like it was just it was a good weekend for the future of baseball. It really was like when you look at it as a whole overall, like people got to see the players they wanted to see. The MLB did a good job of, you know what I mean? Putting those guys up on the stage to be seen. And like I said, it was just overall a really good weekend for baseball, I think. Yeah. I'd like to see them um, try to figure out a way to incorporate more, more mic usage for like live games. Obviously you don't want guys talking like during the play, but um, maybe something where you like know, the same while, they, even they, even the same way where they mic them up for the ML for for you know what I mean the NFL like the NBA yeah. like, those guys are mics and they're not they're not being talked to during the game but it's just a live mic that catches what they say and yeah and I was thinking more of 
of a variation of that where you know when they take the fill and they're and they're warming up they do a live mic during the warm-up or they do right. a live mic while while guys are in the batter's box um a live mic when a guy gets on base um like you know if you you hit the single you slide in and they, they give you a live mic while the other guy's coming up because there there's a lot of open air in baseball just like there's a lot of open air in, in football people don't want to talk about it but either way there's a lot of open air and and while guys are in between swings and and uh coming up to the plate and things like that so there is an opportunity uh to showcase um certain oh, people right personality yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Also these stars i mean i think that's something that baseball struggled with for a long time that's why i said like i think this was a really good weekend for them because they they didn't struggle with it this weekend yeah, and the biggest star push this weekend, ironically, was Shohei Otani. Um, what is your what is your thoughts on Otani and the and the um, I guess the Otani effect on on baseball right now? I mean, I, I mean, did you see the play he had the other day where he sprinted, or even what was it yesterday? The sprinted down the first baseline and and beat out the single to the first. Like he he hit a ball on the ground to the first baseman. Deep in deep, you know what I mean, almost to the outfield, and he mm-hmm. beat the first baseman to the bat. So I saw him. I want to say score from first or something like like on a. It was like a wild play where it looked like it should have been just the, him going two bases, but he. I think he won the game off of that. Like he scored from first, and I had said something um, in the side chat to one of the guys from the group that I talked to about baseball. And I was like, is there anything this dude can't do? I'm almost wondering if insane. Like I said, he he beat out the, he hit it to the first baseman, a ground ball to the first baseman. Like I said, it was deep, you know, he was almost the outfield, but it was a ground ball to the first baseman and he beat him to the bag. He's above average speed, obviously amazing arm talent. And the power is off the charts for him and his size. Uh, I, I hesitate. Yeah. I hesitate because you know I don't want to jinx him because he has had issues with his health um, early right. on. Right. And but that's the, that's the thing. But it's 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 insane to watch. Like when when you're really just sitting there going like really what can't he do? Yeah. And to the Angels' credit, they are at 500 right now without their best player and and arguably probably not arguably anymore. But the best player in the league as well in uh, Mike Trout. And I think he finally has the perfect compliment um, in Shohei, uh, who can crush left-handed hitters, or left-handed pitching as much as he can right-handed pitching. Like, it's essentially, he has no weakness in his game. And um, I'm yeah, excited. He's been around for a few hundred. Like, he's been around for almost, what, he's got close to 1,000 at-bats now? Yeah. Like point with a thousand at bats, like and you've you've been in the league for a little while. Pitchers start to pick up on things, and he's obviously made adjustments. You have to make adjustments, you know what I mean. So when you get to that many at bats and you're still hitting the ball for that much power, it's not a fluke. Like like the pitchers in the major leagues are are that good that like when you've you know what I mean you see a guy come up and he has you know at the last 25 games in a September and he has a good September and then he's never a good player again. It's it's because guys picked up on it. He couldn't make the adjustments once he got to that, you know, 700, 800, 1,000 at bats. And Otani's gotten to that point. And he's still hitting. Yeah. And the, the Mets are, I hate to cut you off, but the Mets are just looking like the Mets that we know. Like, I guess they miss Francisco Lindor because this this shortstop has got like four errors already. Um, 
the the thing about Otani that I like uh, most is that he just seems to be grounded in his style of play. You know, um, he hasn't he hasn't been persuaded or or pushed to to change anything that he does. Um, and that's a credit to the Angels organization as well. Because you know, in baseball, sometimes these teams tinker too much. The well, jack of the guy swing to, to a guy like Joe Madden, who we yeah. all know is willing to try things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, in Tampa Bay, you saw it in Chicago. Like he's he's willing to try different things and be experimental and let guys play the way they want to play. Yeah, and and they are they are a team to watch um, for a second half surge, in my opinion. Um, obviously, they they got a lot of work to do, but you know, depending on when they get Mike Trout back, man, if if they're Six, seven games over 500. Yeah, um, but, I mean, they've got another wasted contract in Anthony Rendon, who I'll get into later. Yeah, but, you know, uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later because I got some slander for him from way back when he was on the Nationals. I was going to say, me too. I got some slander for him too. <laughs> but, um, so, I guess what stood out to me uh, during the All-Star match, uh, All-Star game was – um. Just the amount of fun that guys had, it seemed genuine. And um, I, sh- I shared a clip with you with um, J.D. Martinez making fun of uh, Garrett Cole and how tense he was, uh, even though they were literally teammates in the exhibition. But the Red Sox had to start the the next series off with the Yankees, and he was just acting acting like a jerk. So I thought that was funny. Like, all the all the uh, Latino players was like, yo, what's up with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like he got yeah. to walk down and everything. It was yeah, crazy. he did. It was it was pretty it was pretty dope. So if you have if anybody is listening, and you haven't seen it yet, just Google like J D Martinez, uh, Garrett Cole impersonation, and it's like him, Salvador Perez, uh, Black Guerrero Jr. all in the outfield, like just chopping it up. I think Tatis was out there too. But they just like yeah, chopping. Oscar Hernandez out there. Okay. Yeah, and um, <laughs> J D's like, yeah, we saw Garrett Cole on the bus, man. <laughs> he just does his walk. It's hilarious. And they all just start laughing at like looking over at him like, yo, what's up with you, man? <laughs> but um it's it's good to start the second half um with without the whole stick sticky situation stuff going on and people complaining that the balls are juice and this and that. Like it's like a it literally seems like a fresh start and I I'm excited for it. Um but it wouldn't be a second half show if we didn't talk about the first half. And I got to start with the most surprising team from the first half of the season for you. Uh, I'm actually going to give away two here. Um, one is obviously the San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just they're old and they've got a bunch of guys, you know, random guys. Like, like I said, that team would have been that team was great. and was great in, you know, 2014. But. All these guys are 34, 33, 34. Like, Brandon Crawford's, what, 34? Posey's 35. Longoria's old. Like, they just, they're all old, and they're, they're the best team in the NL. Yeah, for me, um, I got to say, it's it's obviously the Giants as well, but uh, the other team, is, to me, is the Boston Red Sox, man. I really thought that they would it would take them a, um, at least another year or two. To, and, and then considering how the season started with them just getting owned by the Orioles, um, I was a little skeptical. But I mean, they've been getting some good, some you good know, quality. You, know you said what? 
I said I just can't give them any type of credit. I agree with you. I just can't. Yeah, give them no, any type I know you can't. <laughs> but um, they've been say- getting some good quality out of guys like Pavetta, who who's back in rotation for the Phillies and things like that. Um, and and even today, one of their uh, call ups. Um, Nate Baldy's good now. Like, yeah, he's, he's been good for a couple of years, but like it's just crazy. He wasn't good for a long time, and then now he's just good now. Valdi's the only guy I know that had Tommy John and still throws 103. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, they, they just they have a really solid he's, he's uh, offense. Up movement on that 103. Like it, it's just mm-hmm. like because that was always his problem. Like he never had any. It was just just flat 103. Yeah, it was easy, easy to hit. On the 103, and it, it, it's changed his whole game. And and you know what else is is interesting about the uh, Red Sox is that they'll come into a game like today where literally nobody's hitting and then they'll drop eight in the first inning. Like they just have that kind of explosion uh, in their offense. And um, it'll be interesting to see if they make moves to solidify their bullpen um, as they prepare for what everybody's anticipating is a postseason run. Um, And that division is, is highly contested with the Tampa Bay Rays as well. So you would think like you're not going to out hit the, Tampa Bay Rays pitching. It just can't be done at this point. Like, you're going to need pitching as well. So, it'll be interesting to see if they make a move. Um, I was going to say, for me, for me, the, I think the other team that we need to give a shout out to is mm-hmm. is not as big of a surprise as either one of those teams, but it's the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Like, they were good last year, but it was only a 60 game season. They've got a ton, they're young, they're, they're one of the youngest teams in the league. Uh, and then they lose Jimenez, who was arguably their best hitter last year. Uh, in that 60 game season and so for them to still be one of the best teams in the league i think deserves some kind of shout out yeah and um also for them dealing with the trash manager that they got like for them to continue to overcome that and and be successful um it, it has been impressive and also they they're one of the teams and I'll add in my gambling perspective. For some reason, they frustrate the hell out of me because if I bet on them, they can't win. But when I watch them, they're like one of the best offenses and just overall best teams in the league. So as long yeah. as I don't, as long as I don't bet on them, it's fine. They're they're uh, my version of. I, the, I honestly think if that if like they they just don't have necessarily the young stars like a Vlad Guerrero <laughs> or a Fernando Tatis, but they're a really young team with a bunch of good players. Yeah, and I was gonna say, um, they are um, they're the team that I can't figure out, but obviously they win. Do you think they might make a move, maybe for a vet, somebody, just somebody with some experience to just kind of David Ross it for them in the playoffs? I mean, yeah, I I, I do think that might be something that Larusa pushes for, just because they are such a young team, and he's you know, I mean, an older manager who's probably. Like, you know, the older managers love the vets. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got Jose Abreu, who's a vet. And Tim Anderson, I guess you could say, is a vet at this point. I mean, he's played enough. Like, he's not old, but he's he's like 27, I guess. Mm-hmm. You could call him a vet. Um, but I, I do think the White Sox are looking to make a move. I, I do. But I think the biggest the biggest change in the White Sox is their pitching. Like, like uh, Carlos Rodon is pitching much better than he's ever pitched before. Lance Lynn's pitching much better than he's ever pitched before. Lucas Giolito's developed into a top 10 pitcher, top 10, 15 pitcher in the AL. Like, they've, they've got a top three right in their rotation with, to go with that lineup. 
And I think it's important to note um, how important the Giolito tra- trade was. Like, I, I don't think people – like, sometimes his fans were nearsighted. But I think Giolito came over with, in the Eaton trade. Yep. The, yeah. And and he came over, and I remember there was so much controversy because when he came over and he had to do his physical, he had a dead arm. And the White Sox – Well, he was awful the first year. That he, yeah. In the majors, too. He had, like, a 6 ERA. He was awful. Yeah. And the White Sox held on to him, and and you know he's he's definitely one of the top pitchers in the American League. So that shout out to them and kudos to their to their uh, to their due diligence. One thing they, I want to point out too uh, before we they uh, also developed Moncada really well from the sale trade. Like they they developed yeah. the guys they got in the trades for their guys. Like when they when they decided to rebuild, they did a really good job of developing the talent they got back for them. There's only one team with a better run differential than the Chicago White Sox right now in the American League, and that is the Houston Astros. And that's only by six runs. Uh, the run differential uh, right now for the um, Chicago White Sox is plus 123. Uh, the Houston Astros is plus 129. And to put that into perspective, that those two would be um, second and third behind the mighty Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 154. But that's that's impressive, man. That's impressive. Right, that's what I mean. Like they were good for a sixty game season last year, but the last time we really saw them play in a hundred and sixty two game season, they they weren't a good team. So I'm like pretty for them sure to be like the bet one of the best ahead. teams in the league and a, and, a, and a serious World Series contender. Mm-hmm. I think yeah is is real impressive. So I know I, I think I know your answer for this, but who is your most disappointing team in the first half of the season? I mean, it's easily like, and it's funny because the last time we talked, the Yankees were playing well and <laughs> they were they were winning games. It's it's got to be the Yankees. It has to be like for for a team that spent all that money and has been that close to a World Series in the last five years twice. I mean, it's it's it has to be the Yankees. Um, and I don't even think it's really all that close. I mean, like there's, I guess there's a few other teams that you could say are disappointing. Like the Nationals have been pretty disappointing, but they're still in it because the Mets and the rest of the AL East has been disappointing. So the like the the Braves are gonna get a break because Acuna's tor- torn his ACL. So I'll give the, the I'll give you guys a break for that one. Like you lost your best player. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just overall, I, it has to be the Yankees. There's there's not a really uh <laughs> another choice. Yeah, it's if it's not the Yankees, it's the Minnesota Twins. Um, I mean, they're awful. At least the Yankees are over 500. The Twins are 13 games under 500. And, yeah, they've had some various injuries here and there to Buxton and Donaldson and, and whatnot. But, I mean, they're only three games better than the Kansas City Royals, and that's awful. Yeah. No, I, uh, I definitely expected the Twins to be better than that for sure. Yeah, and and if you would, you know, you think about, you know, playoff teams or teams just you expect to be in the playoffs, Yankee, Yankees and Twins would have probably been in, at the top of most people's list coming out of the American League. Um, I mentioned the Royals. Salvador Perez obviously is like one of their best players. He's still got a lot of good baseball left in him as a catcher. Is anybody going to try to save Salvi? Uh, I don't know because I think it's gonna cost a lot. Like they just mm-hmm. re-upped his deal. He just re-upped in Kansas City a couple like what was it last offseason? This past offseason, right? Yeah. 
Uh, and so he, he loves it in Kansas City, obviously, if he's re-upping there. Um, so I think it's – and I think Kansas City wants to keep him and almost probably have him retire as a royal. Um, he brought him the World Series. Like, he's a hero in Kansas City. I just think it's going to take too much. I really do. Like, I think I think it's going to be real tough to get him out of there. And I think it's going to take too much. So he is the last player that I know of on their roster that was on that World Series team, I think. Um, I don't even think the this the owner or the GM or staff is there either. It's right, him. right. It's just him so, left, yeah. Yeah. Um, most surprising field position player so far? I'm going to go Cedric Mullins. Um, I I mean, he was a backup outfielder coming into this year. He's like, what, 26 or 27? Like, he's an older guy. And he's been one of the top five hitters in the American League this year. I'm going to go with Nick Castellanos, who I knew he was good. And I and I still remember when it was him, J.D., and Miggy on the Tigers. But I never thought the best bat in the National League good. Um, he's been tearing it up. I, I think he's on the DL right now, but... I mean, there wasn't for at least a month and a half of the season there wasn't a uh, in the baseball. So I gotta give him his props, and he was doing it uh, at Great American and away from Great American, which I know Great American is a very hitter friendly park. It's probably top three uh, for hitter friendly parks, but I mean he was doing it anywhere in, in the snow, in the rain. <laughs> it didn't matter. Uh, Nick Castellanos was was getting hits and it wasn't just like singles like he's an extra base hit monster right now uh so i I gotta go with him um for my field position um most disappointing yeah i I just mullins i was gonna say mullins is just he's i was just looking at mullins Uh stats here he's doubled basically every stat in this in this season like from his career like he's played in the last three years as a backup three years in a row and he really didn't hit well or do anything and his highest on base percentage in any of those years was 315. His highest OPS was 723. And this year, like I said, he's an all-star, and he's basically doubled or tripled all of his career stats. Like, it's something that we just didn't see coming. I don't think anybody did. Yeah. Nick's batting 330 on the season. He's got 18 home runs. He's only struck out 79 times. He's got 59 RBIs, but he's got 111 hits. Yeah, I mean, Mullins has 110. Leads him yeah. In. Yeah, so see, that's – those are the top two hitters. Those are the guys who are one and two in the league and hits. Yeah. Um, just most one dis- of them very expected. Most disappointing uh, field position player. Um, I, I could go a lot of different ways, um, but I, I mean, I think it's it's got to be between Giancarlo Stanton and uh, Anthony Rendon. Just Stanton because he can't stay on the field, and even when he's is, he has been playing, he has not hit the way that the Yankees expected him to hit. And the same thing goes with Anthony Rendon. Like the, the, when they when he came off of that World Series and the Angels signed him, they thought they were going to get a consistent because that's what he'd been his whole career. He wasn't a great, mm-hmm. not the best, not necessarily a, a huge power threat. He hit home runs, but he's not a huge power threat. But he was a guy who hit 280 to 300 every year for six six seven years in a row, and he just hasn't been that guy for them. I don't know. I don't know what it is about the Angels and their free agent signings, but every single time they sign somebody. It just doesn't seem to work out. I hate to do it to my homie, but it's got to be Mookie Betts, man. It's a lot of money that they gave to him, um, and the expectations were very high. 
Uh, he's, he's a five-tool player, and he's probably only playing with, like, one-and-a-half tools right, right now. Uh, I think my man even sat out for uh, an, an – he had, like, seasonal allergies, and he missed the game. I think I made a post about that. Uh, I need you on the field, Mookie. Like, I, I need you, man. Like, you got to figure this out. And, and if you're not healthy, you need to go somewhere and sit down until you get healthy. I mean, that's what Cody Bellinger is basically doing. He's not rushing back to play. I think he came back and played a little bit, and then he went back on the DL. Like, it's, it's not really a big deal, you know? Um, just for a team like the Dodgers, where you, where you know you're going to get to the postseason, you just you just need to be healthy. Right, um, you should be there. Right, right. And, of course, the Dodgers are down 3 nothing. Um, I never win a bet on the Dodgers, but I never stop betting on the Dodgers. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, let's see. Um Trust me, I'm, I'm with you on that one, actually. <laughs> Most impressive pitcher so far? Uh, I'm honestly going to go Carlos Rodon. White Sox. Okay. Um, he threw a no-hitter, and he plays a career like four-and-a-half ERA. And I think this year he's hovering around three. Um, and like I said, he threw a no-hitter. Like, it, it's it's impressive what he's been able to do this year. Like, he's... He's not a young guy. He's 28. He's got two one four ERA. He's eight and three. His career ERA, his ERA last year was eight two two. I mean, it's just it's it's impressive what he's been able to do. I'm gonna go with the entire San Francisco Giants pitching staff. Who's their ace? Like, what is going on? These yeah, Kevin Gausman. Yeah, insane. Gausman four ERA. Gausman. Galsman right. that we picked up in Atlanta and he wasn't anything but a bum. I think we even replaced him with like one of our rookies. Right. But then he goes to San Francisco and it's like, dude, he can't now be he's touched. A Cy Young candidate. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, whoever their pitching coach is, man, he must he must got something we don't know about, man. I, I, I'm starting to question it for real. I really am because who, <laughs> who's the other guy that they got? Um, it's a guy from the Reds that just Galfini. Yeah, just Galfini. He is not good. Man, I watched him a lot, yeah. and not even from a gambling perspective, but just literally watching him a lot. He is not good, and somehow yeah, he's not. he's pitching under under a three ERA, man. And I get that um that the ballpark is is pitcher friendly, but it's it's the way. That these guys are pitching, and I don't know if if you um, have watched any of their games, but I would I would go out on a limb and say that San Francisco Giants lead the league in grounds ball ground ball force. Like they literally don't give up hits unless they're on the ground. My man, my man Crawford gets the most reps of any field position player in the league. He's always moving left, right, left, right, back, up, down. Like, he's just all over the place. What's crazy to me is it's a lot of the same guys from when they were good. Like, that's what I'm saying. They're just in the field, especially they're old. Like, it's still Buster Posey at catcher. It's still Brandon Crawford at shortstop. It's still Brandon Bell at first base. It's (laughs) it's Evan Longoria at third. Like, they got Solano playing second. Like, they're they're an old team. But They, They platoon Bell, and he still finds a way to impact the game. Right. It's it's insane what they're but they've been able to do. Well, and, it really is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there now. If that bullpen stays healthy and they continue to play like they're playing, they are going to be the team to watch out for in the postseason. Because we we've got a we've got a full season now. 
and bullpens will be in play in October, and and they are by far the best bullpen in the National League, bar none. And I'm willing to even consider putting them up against the Rays in the league, man. Like I'm just, I'm so impressed by what I see from that team. Yeah, I am too. Like I said, especially because it was so like unexpected. Yeah. Um, most disappointing pitcher. Uh, I, I'm gonna go Steven Strasburg, actually, just because he isn't playing and he just continues to get hurt. He got hurt again in his rehab. Again, another setback during the rehab. And I, I even, I mean, it's just, I know it's a kind of a, it, it's not the best answer, but it's, it's one of those where, like I said, he's just, it, it, he, he hasn't been good when he's been on the field and he hasn't been on the field much at all. And they're paying him all that money for literally nothing. Um, I mean, there are several candidates that I can go with, but um, I'm gonna go with uh, Blake Snell. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed in in him not providing a uh, at least the the number two option. It's it's like San Diego really needs um they really need him from the left side, especially in that division, um, and they're not getting anything out of him. He's essentially David Price. <laughs> So, yeah, it's, it's really, really disappointing. Um, honorable mention um, for me is going to be Garrett Cole without the without the pine tar, whatever he was using. He's back. To, <laughs> he's he's back to the Pittsburgh Pirate Garrett Cole, man, which is what I anticipated. And, yeah, and that guy's not the best pitcher in the league. Yeah. Yeah. He like when I, I text my friend um, when they when they started saying they were going to enforce the rule, I said, man, now you got a, a hundred million dollar uh, ace. <laughs> yeah. Of course, he sent me back something I'm not going to repeat on air, but I was like, I'm being honest, man. I've watched a lot of Garrett Cole, and to this day, I'm still confused as to why he was he was literally the ace in Houston, but when he was in, in Pittsburgh, I mean, he was their ace, but he was a four ERA guy, and, and that's a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Yeah, so I, I never understood that, but I guess the proof's in the in the pudding right there. So, um, yeah, he really hasn't pitched well in the last three, four starts. Like he really hasn't pitched well at all. It's been it's been real rough. So let's talk about second half surges um, because we we get this every every baseball season. Um, honestly, if you didn't pay attention to the baseball season in the first half, you're fine. You didn't miss anything per se because it doesn't start counting until after All Star break. Um, specifically in August is when they get super tight for some of these teams um, because they're trying to they're trying to get ahead and then obviously you continue that in September and in October. I mean we're here. So um, who is your second half surge team to watch out for? Uh, <coughs> uh, I think it's gonna be the San Diego Padres. Just just because that's a team people need to watch. And I also think, like you said, Blake, they've, they've had a few guys who have been disappointing in the first half. And if they can get better second half out of a few of these other guys that are around, you know, Tatis and Machado and you, Darvish, then I mean, they're in the they're in the toughest division of baseball right now. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's going to be tough for them. Um, I also want to give a honorable mention to anybody in the AL East. Or NL East, sorry, NL East. 
anybody in the NL East. I mean, the, like you said, the Mets are playing like the Mets, um, even though everybody else is under 500 or right. I think the Braves are right at 500. Uh, nah, we're two games under. Two games under. So yeah, so yeah. I mean, everybody else is under 500, but the Mets, and they're only like three games over. So I mean, it's, it's anybody's race still at this point. So I think that's another division that people need to watch, where pretty much anybody in that division. If, as long as they get healthy and get the right breaks, can make a surge and make a push to the fr- front of the division. If you want to know the importance of a bu- of a bullpen, and as the season goes on, I will just I'll be that guy every episode talking about bullpens. The Braves lead the NL East in run differential at plus twenty five, but they are four games out of first place. The Mets have the best bullpen in the National League or in the NL East, and they are six games over five hundred. And that is why, with their plus five run differential, that they are in the lead. Yeah. <laughs> we we don't have any bullpen, man. It is it, is awful. And and every year we do the same thing. We get a couple bats, or if we pick a bullpen guy, he's he's gonna be trash. Like we picked up Green, I think last year to to fill a role, and then you end up having to put him um, at like middle relief because he can't do the setup or the closer role that you got him for. So. Um, if the Reds had a freaking bullpen, I would be picking them for my um second well, half search. Although Luis Castillo deserves another honorable mention for most disappointing pitcher as well, though. Yeah, he's such he's a nice been, guy, though. He was an all star last year. Oh, he's, he's awful. He was an all star. He's last awful. Year. He really is. And ago, he's, whenever the last time they had an all star game, he was an all star. He needs to move to the bullpen. He's good for like two to three innings, but after that, it just goes like if a team has to see him a third time and they just crush him. Yeah, yeah. Um, that happens to a lot of guys. Yeah, second half surge for me. Wow, I didn't know the the Mariners were six games over five hundred. That's interesting. I'm gonna go ahead and stick with what I said, even though they're getting blasted today. Um, off the air, I had said the Toronto Blue Jays was gonna be my second half surge team. Um, I just have a lot of faith in these young guys. They're returning to the Rogers Center, which is going to be a huge boost for that team. Um, if you think about it, some of those guys um, didn't even really get to play in the Rogers Center much uh, because they were babies when they first started in 2019. And then in 2020, they got kicked out. So um, I think it'll be a huge boost for that team, for their morale. Um, I even heard today on the telecast that um, <laughs> Vlad and um, – and I think Bichette or yeah, Bichette referred to themselves as Canadian citizens, <laughs> which, I thought, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but I, I'm happy to see them return. Uh, I think Rogers Center is one of the better atmospheres for baseball. I'm, I'm pretty sure Canada will embrace them because they've always supported the Blue Jays. Uh, so it'll be interesting uh, to see how that helps that team. And, and it's not like they didn't get support uh, in Buffalo because I think Buffalo really wants to keep them. Um, and also when they were in Florida uh, doing that doing that tour down there, they I think they renovated the stadium to make it like MLB uh, acceptable, and they right. they packed that place too. You know, um, you know they got guys that are entertaining, but it's just something about the Blue Jays that they they belong in the Rogers Center. Rogers Center needs baseball. Um, I'm sure they'll be it'll be a great. Uh, opportunity for them um, to to really surge. Now, uh, when I say surge, yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say I agree. Like that's a that's a good pick. Uh, I think they've got a lot of young bats and and, and they're a fun team. If people want to get into baseball to watch, I just, yeah. don't think, I just don't think they're the pitching honestly. 
Yeah, I was gonna say when I say surge, I was talking about the bats for them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they I just they don't have the arms. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen teams like if you can outscore people, you can outscore people. So, all right, second half collapse. Who is near the top or over five hundred that you can see falling behind? I mean, I think it has to also be the San Francisco Giants. Um. They do have that, but like we talked about earlier, it's just that it's it's these guys who have never been this good, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're playing at a, a level that's possibly sustainable. But I think they also have, out of all the teams, I think coming into the season, they've had the least amount of talent of all the good teams in the NL. And I think even still at, at this point, if you took players individually, they probably have the least amount of talent overall as of any of the contenders in the NL. You know what I mean? Start, like, like they, they, the Dodgers, if you were to, to look at it and go, oh, well, who's better really? Mookie Betts or Mike Touchman? Like, Mike Touchman's playing better right now, but who, like, you know what I mean? And so I think, like, out of all the teams that are at the top of the NL, it has to be the Dodgers or the uh, Giants. Yeah, so we got Shohei Otani um, going up against Matt Olson, uh, which I know everybody is really interested in um, on MLB Network right now. Uh, Otani being an all-star pitcher, Olson being an all-star um, player. Uh, there's one thing I want to complain about real quick. Shohei's if he is to sustain this pitching, he really needs to get his control um, down because yeah. he's at he's at 53 pitches. And it's just the the yeah, like, that's the one third. weakness that his game is overall. Like it's the one weakness that he has. He really doesn't have any at the plate, or or he hasn't shown any at the plate at this point. But yeah, that's the one weakness he has is his control. He does he walks a lot of guys. Yeah, and he just got out of that um, jam with runners on second and third. Uh, so the most uh, the, or the team I'm expecting to regress. Um, I might take a cop out and say the Seattle Mariners because it happens every year. <laughs> but um, I'm going gonna, gonna to go out on a limb here and say the Tampa Bay Rays are going to take a couple steps back. So hear me out. Right now, the, the Blue Jays are five and a half games behind the Rays. I'm going to make a bold prediction and say that the Blue Jays will surpass the Rays before the end of the season and at least be second place. And the reason for that is that I don't think the Rays have the starting pitching anymore. I can see that the, I can see this bullpen getting taxed a lot earlier than um than people anticipated. And yeah, it's going to be a problem. And, and and their bats are their bats are clutch. But they're they're not they're not that intimidating um, as people like it's, it's not as intimidating as you would expect from a from a team that's fifty five and thirty eight like they're they're winning off of pitching. Yeah, no, and I was gonna say that it's 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 much different to do what they did last year in a hundred and sixty two game season versus a sixty game season. Yeah, yeah. So um, closing out second half baseball. We gave you teams to watch, players to watch, a um, couple honorable mentions in there. Uh, we'll be back next week with like full out news and, and analysis on on um, 
on like you know current players current events things like that because we do have some some storylines that we could definitely talk about like i wanted to talk about uh marcus strowman and and him <laughs> doing battle with with the most random player on the pirates like let it go bro <laughs> it's like, these dudes are trash like why would any like the pirates are a walking what not to do um example so why would you even bother arguing with them that's ridiculous like they're the yeah. worst team in the league, and they've been yeah. the worst team in the league for the last four years. Yeah, and and what I'm hoping to do is, you know, the next time um, when we do have a show, we'll we'll definitely drop some players to watch, uh, teams to watch, or series to watch going come going forward because we are going to get um, some exciting matchups in baseball, and and I think that you know I, I always learn about this. Um, in all sports actually is that a lot of times when people judge a sport that they don't really watch, they judge budget off of what they've been exposed to so there's more to baseball than the yankees versus red sox um and right now with the yankees being seven games out of first place you don't really want to watch them they're, they're pretty awful um across the board but let's say you know you get this angels uh athletics game right now it's pretty intense and pretty good um you got the the um, giants and dodgers in a series that could define their division honestly they don't have many games left against each other so um i was going to say i think that's another thing that that kind of hurts baseball is that all the good teams games start at 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah that does kind of hurt uh but i'm all i'm always down for for alerting people on nooners and things like that you could just listen to on the radio honestly like i i do that in my office i'm not always watching but like listening to it on the radio while you're doing some work or something it's it's pretty cool still um but Again, we'll we'll definitely make sure we highlight uh, some things to kind of promote the sport and, and make it more exciting for the people who are interested in trying to get into it, um, while also trying to fight off ratings from the Olympics. Apparently, <laughs> so, I'm like, man, nobody's really watching that. Just like ain't nobody it's really gonna, watching baseball. It's probably gonna get canceled halfway through. They're all getting COVID anyway. Yeah. And, and I and, and I say USA that lost, Team USA lost Zach Levine today. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. And I was going to say, I say that with true sarcasm that nobody watches baseball because every time people say that, they show that they're watching baseball. Um, so for IBS Jesus and Brian Malone, this has been the second half recap of the full count. Be on the lookout for our college football show that will be starting soon. Um, and then we'll definitely be bringing Brian back for, uh, M- M- I was going to say MLB, for NBA. Uh, later on in the in the year, we'll have NBA, and I'm actually going to try to incorporate some college basketball podcasting as well. Yeah, um, that. yeah, yeah just so we, we can, can definitely we can definitely start doing some of that because that's the that's the one podcast that I don't think IBM has right now. Yeah, so um, just be on the lookout for all of that, and and then also continue to support the brand. We got four million clicks last week. Uh, last week, uh, that's pretty good. I think we're up to four million for the month. Um, so we're just Keep pushing that envelope, all right? Uh, Thanks, Brian, for coming through, um, and I'll see you next week.